Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio, the show that promotes positive people. Tune in live on Mondays at 12 noon Eastern or listen live and 24-7 at www.wealthysistersradio.com. We know you will be inspired, empowered, and informed by the incredible women featured. And now it's showtime. Ladies and gentlemen, our host, entrepreneur, author, speaker, Deborah Hardnett. Well, hello and welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio, sponsored by Wealthy Sisters Media Group. You can certainly visit us for all your branding and publishing needs at WealthySistersMedia.com. That's S-I-S-T-A-S, WealthySistersMedia.com. Here at Wealthy Sisters Radio, we proudly promote positive people, and our purpose is twofold. First, we love to provide you, the dynamic listener, with inspiration and encouragement and that practical knowledge that you can apply to your business right now for that positive impact and also to your life as well. And second, we must provide the platform to acknowledge, edify, and say thank you to the sisters for doing big things. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host, broadcasting live on the Worldwide Blog Talk Network. Today is another fabulous Monday. Yes, it is the end almost of October. Can you believe it? Closing out on 2013. It is Monday, 28th. October, um, October 28th, shall I say, 2013. Still, we're here in our banner year. We're celebrating that, and I know you are as well. And we're here every week at the same time. That's right. That's 12 noon Mondays, Mondays at 12 noon Eastern. So thank you so much for spreading the word. Well, today we are wrapping up our celebration of Wealthy Brothers Month here on the Wealthy Sisters Radio. I tell you, it has been an incredible month. Last year we started this in October as a, a, a answer to all of the inquiries from our superstar colleagues, male colleagues out there who were like, when are you going to have some brothers on the show? So we wanted to honor that, and we started that last year and kept up with the tradition this year, and it has been an explosive month. The first week we had Andre Taylor from New York. He is a management consultant and also a regular a regular contributor on ABC Money Matters. And also the next week we had none other than Harold T. Fisher of Howard University's WHUR Daily Drum. And then last week we had Mr. Michael Basin. Wow. And that was also another incredible show. He shared some awesome information, talked about his new project, his new book that's out. I'm telling you, you've got to catch these shows. But today, oh my goodness, what a way to end this awesome month. This gentleman, I tell you, he is truly walking in his destiny. He is a man of purpose. When you listen to him, you will know that. He has a captivating voice and a spirit, and he was truly born for this. He's none other than Mr. Kamen Kelly. You recognize him from Sirius XM Heart and Soul, but did you know he has an incredibly extensive voiceover career? He's going to talk about that today. What an awesome story he has. And we're going to share this pre-recorded interview with you right now. So well, you know what you got to do. Go call everybody, text them, Facebook them, tweet them, tell them to dial 347-838-9278. We've got Cayman Kelly. That's right, Cayman Kelly on the show today. You can dial 347-838-9278, and you can always catch this show 
show and all of our other great shows 24-7 at WealthySistersRadio.com. You can follow us on Facebook, keep up with us on Twitter, and you can catch this show right here on your phone, on iTunes. That's right, you can download it on all your smart devices under Wealthy Sisters. So we're not going to hold Mr. Kamen Kelly from you much longer. We're going to take a short break, and after that we'll be right back with none other than Mr. Kamen Kelly. Are you prepared to win in 2014? Would you like to increase your business opportunities and revenue through government contracting? How would you like to expand your government contracting opportunities with or without a certification? Spend two days with me, November 16th and 17th, at Winning in 2014. Go to www.ldenisejackson.com forward slash winning in 2014. See you there. Queen Anita Empire Online features luxurious African handmade healthy skin and body care products. From enhancing all-natural soaps, hair growth stimulating shampoos, to delicious healthy drinks, great for arthritis, we have an extensive inventory of more than 450 items to begin your natural journey to wellness. Visit QueenAnitaEmpireInc.com. That's QueenAnitaEmpireInc.com. Remember, QueenAnitaEmpireInc.com. Do you have a book that is ready to be published and you just don't know how? Does your company website need a facelift? Well, Wealthy Sisters Media Group is here to serve you. Publish your book and capture that brand new company look. Visit WealthySisters.com or call 800-917-9435 to take action today. Yes, we are live here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. I tell you, the lines are packed out. I know why. We have an incredible guest today. We did this awesome pre-recorded interview last week. I know you're like, okay, how is he on? And I know he's on the show now, but how is he on the radio as well? Well, yes. You've got to hear this. I'm so excited. We're going to welcome our very, very special guest, uh, Mr. Damon Kelly. Let me get this interview started right now. You're tuned to Wealthy Sisters. Well, hello. As I promised, we have none other than Mr. Kelly on the line. How are you, Mr. Kelly? I'm doing fabulous, excellent, wonderful. Yes, indeed. I tell you, we are so thrilled to have you here on Wealthy Sisters Radio, and we really want to give you that warm and special welcome as we continue to celebrate the Wealthy Brothers in October. All right. I feel yes, honored. Indeed. Wealthy Sisters and Wealthy Brothers. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We we believe in wealth not only through the pocketbook, the financials, but uh, it's a spiritual and a, uh, a mindset, you know, health and wealth is very important to his here uh, to us here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. Well, I can definitely relate to that. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, you know, we're a little nosy here, and we always like to know the background, what went into, as we say, the recipe of the great ingredient we see today. So if you don't mind, share with us a little bit about where you grew up and what actually led you to become the great, great Cayman Kelly that you are today? Oh, girl, good gracious, the great, great Cayman Kelly. I don't know if I can really <laughs> live up to that, but, you know, I mean, I guess other people are what make you great and not, not you yourself. But um, right. the way I started, I'm, I'm a Washingtonian. Um, okay. I have parents that have been married for 
for 45 years. I have a, a pretty significant background. And uh, yeah. my dad's a pastor. My mom's a school teacher. And okay. um, they're both retired now. I'm a father of three children, the husband of one wife. Yeah. And uh, my journey started actually in, in radio when I was in 10th grade. Um, I was doing music with some real close friends of mine. And, and the way I got into music was my mom was a, a pianist, and she wanted me to take piano lessons. And I said, I don't, I don't really want to take no piano lessons because it was so taboo back then. You know, you really saw it was women that played the piano, and I didn't really want to be associated with that instrument. So <laughs> my sister ended up taking piano lessons, and we had a piano at the house. And my curiosity led me to sit down and start tinkling with it, and I learned how to actually play by ear. Really? So I started doing uh yeah, and I started putting music together, and it just became like an interest of mine. It was a hobby because I always enjoyed um, being creative and the whole creative process because I started out drawing a lot. I spent a lot of time alone, and that's what I liked to do. I wasn't like a, a, a book person. <laughs> I was really lazy in school, but, you know, like the arts is what drove me. And the uh, music actually led me to a radio station because my buddy had called a radio station one day, and he called me. He said, man, I'm about to be on the radio. So I turned it on, and there he is rapping about some um, promotion they were doing on the air. So we had an invitation to come to the radio station, which was a huge deal. And, um, you know, that network increased over time, and we became friends at the radio station. We recorded promos every week, but our first visit there, the um, production director commented me on my voice. He said, man, your voice is incredible for you to be 15 years old. Wow. He said, he said read this script for me. So I, once I read that script, that's what sparked my interest in radio. It was so exciting just to be around, you know, such a great thing to me, and I just wanted to be around it all the time, which kind of mm-hmm. um, led me to do it. I hung around it, and then I went to college. I majored in uh, mass communications. And upon um, graduation, of course, I participated on the radio station in college as well. And then um, upon graduation, I was looking for a job, you know. And then um, the funny thing is I still had contact with some people at the radio station. So um, the receptionist told me, we're going to a job fair tomorrow. She said, why don't you come up and, and ride with us? And I got there early. And ironically, they were gone already. I went up and they had a phone in front of the building, so I picked it up. I talked to security, and, and the guy that originally invited me to the radio station when I was in 10th grade was on the air. He said, man, oh. come on up. So I came up, and we sat down, and we talked, and I told him I was looking for a job. He said, well, I don't have a job to give you. He said, but a good way to get your foot back in the door would be just to come up and help me on my show. You mean I can't pay you, but it would be a good way for you to be seen, and then people can see your work ethic. And, um, right. you know, of course, they'll be curious, like, who's that hanging around the station like that? So, right. and it, it really worked out. It worked out like that. I had a plan, and I had outlined everything that I was going to do to get to the point where I wanted to be. And, of course, wow. you know, people around you don't really ever see your mm-hmm. vision. Mm-hmm. You know, so, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to most people you know, to get involved in such a thing such as radio or television or something like that because it's so competitive and you never really think mm-hmm. people around you will be able to 
be successful at it. Because I, I heard people that would come and speak to our class in college, you know, and they mm-hmm. say, you know, I've been in those same seats that you sit in, and, you know, I, I had a dream of being on a, on a radio station, but it doesn't work like that, people. You know, wow. it's not that easy. But, you know, wow. like you shouldn't come into a, a, a class when people have it dreams down. and down their <laughs> dreams. You right, should not do right. that. I mean, your struggle is not the next person's struggle. Exactly. You know, so 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 you know. I mean, I, I I had a bunch of bumps and bruises within within my story that I haven't really touched on. But you know, I mean, there was times when I really thought that I had made the wrong decision in going in this path because it it was hard. It was a lot of things mm-hmm. that was difficult about it. Because here mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. with a degree, and you know, it was embarrassing to me in the beginning. But this become a part of my testimony, and mm-hmm. I went and spoke at Howard University to some students just um, a few days ago, and they were looking to um, have careers in radio. And I was able to share my story with them, you know, because I encourage people that if they have a dream, to follow their dream. You never know what you may become. Exactly. You know, you got to do it. And and you don't want to look back at your life because life passes by really quickly. So you don't want to look back and and regret anything. Like, I wish I had done it while I was young. I started when I was young, so, you know, I was able to endure a lot of those bumps and bruises because I didn't have responsibilities that I have now. Right, right. I didn't have kids. I didn't have a wife to look out for. I didn't have any of that. It was just me. So I could take some of that stuff. And my first job, I made $6 an hour, and we're talking about in a top 10 market in the United States of America. $6 an hour. And they only paid me four hours a day. But I worked all day. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, you have I mean, said a lot. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, I've been taking notes. It's just I'm so excited. Everything, I mean, we can end the show right now because you have, you have hit on so many, many points. And I, I love the fact that you said you had a plan and you were visionary and you mentioned the work ethic, how you went to the station and you were willing to actually go there and not be paid. What do you see in, um, I guess, I don't want to just say the young people, but in people today that want to start in anything new, how important is that that work ethic and that ability to be able to start in the learning process instead of just saying, look, you got to pay me from, you know, day one. I want to get paid now, like you see today. You know, I mean, about human nature, I, I believe mm-hmm. that we all, want to be great at whatever it is that we do, and we want right. to reap the fruits of our labors. You know, right. but the thing is that we have to keep in mind is that we need to start somewhere. There has to be a starting point to right. get where you're going. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's mm-hmm. where I think a lot of people get blurred about that very thing, that you mm-hmm. can't come in the, in the door demanding great, you know, when you have improved yourself, because really in actuality you believe in yourself that you have this great talent, but nobody knows about it unless you make yourself seen. So, mm. you know, you can't come into somewhere that's a fully functioning multi-million dollar business and say, exactly. I want this amount of money, but nobody knows your talent. Don't nobody know what you do. So when mm-hmm. you come in the door, you have to have a work ethic and be willing to do some things that you hadn't intended on doing in the first place. I was in the street, um, you know, driving a promotion vehicle. I never imagined mm-hmm. my wildest dreams that I'd be driving somebody else's car. 
mm-hmm. promoting anything, you know, and I had to be creative because I wasn't making no money, but I taught school during the day, you know, okay. I, and I had, I got offered a full-time position teaching school because, you know, there's okay. not a lot of males that were teaching school, and especially not a, a, a lot of black males. And, right. and, and you know, our young men need to see a positive role model and always right. viewed this radio thing is more than just being on the radio. It's a ministry to me. So I'm very cautious about what I say, you know, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not ashamed that I'm, I'm a Christian, you know, and I love God and I let that be known. I have a family. Right. I don't hide that. You know, I mean, That's people right. get on the radio, you don't even know they marry. Right. They don't ever say right. it. You know, they, you don't know their father, but I, I share that with people. And I think that's what, allows me to be relatable to people. But getting back to the point that I was making, there has to be a starting point. And, you know, of course, you feel picked over and you feel abused. That's the way I felt. I was like, how in the world did I graduate from college? I'm sitting here making $6 an hour for four hours a day, and I couldn't understand for the life of me. But, you know, as you look back at your stepping stones, I think you start to realize how the puzzle starts to fit together later in life. You know, when I look mm-hmm. back at it, I didn't really know how to play the game that they were playing. Mm-hmm. But the thing mm-hmm. is, you keep in mind, if you accept it, it's your fault if you never mm-hmm. speak up for yourself. And I accepted $6 an hour for four hours a day. Mm-hmm. I accepted mm-hmm. it because I really didn't know any better until I learned how to, how to play the game. Right. So this is what happened when I was sitting in a review with my program director, he said, man, he said, you're really a great guy. Everyone likes you a lot. He said, but your follow-up is weak. I had no idea what he meant, so I asked. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, you know, you've been doing this position. By then, I'm talking about I was on the radio. I was on the air doing the show. Wow. And they were still paying me $6 an hour, so I worked promotions, and I was on the air doing uh, overnights, 2, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. in the morning. But I was happy. I was happy yes. doing it because it was something that I love. Right. right, and it was something that I enjoy. And I mean, it's something that I would, I would almost do for free. But I don't want too many people to hear me say that. Cause yeah, yeah, I know. I heard that almost. Almost. But this is my livelihood now, so they I got to take your family hear that. Your them, wife would right? say, "What? You were what? Right. Are you crazy? As much as gas costs." <laughs> so. You know, she, um, he told me, I said, what do you mean by my follow-up being weak? And he said, you know, uh-huh. you've been doing this position for a few months now, and never once have you come to me and pitched to me that you wanted it full-time. Mm. And I said, huh. You know, I thought that mm. if I did a good job that you would come to me and tell me that, you know, right. we want to give you this position. He said, no, it doesn't work like that. If you don't speak up for yourself, we're going to run over you. Wow, those words how that he valuable. told me, I'm oh. telling you. And I said, he, I guarantee you he probably never remembers telling me that. Wow. I never forgot And he didn't it. have to tell you that because some people just X you out. Right. They say, oh, that's not that's the exactly one. Exactly right. right. And, and mm-hmm. people think that you're happy with the way that you live and if you never ex- express how you feel. And, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of people become enslaved to their positions, whatever they do, People become enslaved to their jobs, and it's almost like they're scared to speak up for themselves because, you know, they're like, shoot, i got to work. i got to get this check. But nobody's right. going to fire you for expressing how you feel. And, right. you know, and I think that's one of the things that's wrong with business culture is that 
You know, I mean, there's so many games that's played in it. It's in people's mentality. Oh, yeah. Like, they yeah, almost yeah. don't want to take off work, you know, because they're fearful about right. what's going to happen. And I understand everybody needs to make money. Everybody has to live. It takes right, money right. to live. Right. You know, but, I mean, right. it's ridiculous what our business culture has been decreased to. There's right, and how they that, keep people... Pit um, people against each other, one another. You know, it's, it's, it's all by design. It's by design to strip us of our creativity, to not be mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, to not have that creative mindset. And and so, you know, the field that you're in, being in entertainment and and uh, having that creative background, I mean, it is it is. I can imagine a challenge to find that balance in there when you you're creative and you have to deal with the business side of it because right. I'm sure you, you, you can, you've can had times where the business side can try to get in the way of creativity. I mean, we hear that often from the artists or what have you when they want to record an album a certain way or what have you. So you're exactly right. I can, I can see that for sure. Yeah, that, that creativity, you know, and, and that's one thing I'm glad that you mentioned because that was one of the things that really drove me as a person. Mm-hmm was being mm-hmm. allowed to be creative. So when, when mm. um, you know, satellite radio was created, I even go further than that. When I was doing FM radio, a bulk mm-hmm. of my career at one of the stations that I was at, um, they had a competitive show against me that was talking about, it was called Sex Talk and Slow Jams, and they eventually ended up changing the name because of the controversy that surrounded it. So they started right. calling it Love Talk and Slow Jams, but it was, tearing me up in the ratings. They were beating me. And um, my boss told me, he said, man, they tearing you up. And them two women sitting over there kicking your behind. That ain't the words that he used. But <laughs> I'm sure. Said, and I said, well, I said, you know, I'm not going to take the blame for this entire loss because right. I said, I'm not the only one that's controlling this show. I said, if I put the show together and I executed it, then I'd take the blame for it. But there's more people than me with their hands in the pot. Because you're really telling me what what to do, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it really doesn't allow much creativity on my part because we're playing the same music that we do during the day. And I always thought that slow jam show was a mood and it was a feeling, you know, so I mm-hmm. should have some expressiveness involved mm-hmm. with this particular show. So, mm-hmm. you know, ironically, one day he forgets to put the logs in. And I called him looking for music, and he said, I car- mind you, Deborah, I carried a bag of CDs back then with everything that I wanted to play in there. And, uh, <laughs> and he, he said, well, just, he said, I hate to do this, but just go ahead and play whatever you want. <laughs> what? Man, you should have seen that pocket. bag coming open. <laughs> and everybody was so They said, man, you jamming tonight. Yes. But, you know, by accident, and this happened several times, and then he opened uh, up to me, and he uh-huh. let me um, have a little bit of freedom over the show. And would you know that my ratings went up, and then I hit wow. number one position. I had bonuses, and my, my um, attorney had structured my contract, and I had three bonus structures in it. And I hit number one in every last one of the bonus structures, and then, it goes from your dry talking behind to you are the man. I'll put you up against anybody. <laughs> like, come well, why on, man, is it really? that they want to control so much? Why, what, what is that? Is it just more of the, from the advertising perspective? or what, how, of course, why, because why? it's, it's uh-huh. a money-making machine. And uh-huh. I don't think anybody uh-huh. wants to allow anybody to be greater 
than the machine uh-huh. itself. So they try to okay. throw everything into a box. There's a bunch of politics involved with it. Radio right, is not right. the same same animal as it used to be back in the day because you think back in the um, 50s and 60s, the jocks mm-hmm. that were on the air actually paid for their time to be on the radio. Mm-hmm. So then they went out and got their own advertising. So and it allowed them their own creative freedom because it was their show. Essentially, they owned right. what they did. It's kind of right, like at the right. barbershop when they rent their chair. That's their own business. Right, you know, right. So, so when they got away from that and radio started to pay people to be on the air, of course they control it because that's their they, business. Uh, they're selling, uh, they're uh, selling you. You really belong to them. You uh-huh, know, so that's why uh-huh. people have to be careful with the type of contracts that they offer you. You know, don't just mm-hmm. sign what's given to you because it took me a long time to sign my first contract. And I was scared. Were you paranoid? I was scared because the funny thing was the guy that was doing Afternoon Drive, he was like the hottest thing on the radio station. And and the same day they offered me a contract, his contract was ending. And he went in the studio. He had all his stuff packed up sitting on a cart by the door. And I'm sitting in the general manager's office, and they are talking about this dude. And they like, F him. He can go. Let him go. And I'm like, oh, my God, what am I coming into? <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking at this contract. He was like, yeah, you can go ahead and sign it. And I don't have any clue what I'm looking at. Right, and I right, said, um, right. Can I have some time? And they said, yeah, you can have a couple minutes. And I said, well, <laughs> can I take it home with me? They said, all right, but bring it back tomorrow. So meantime, <laughs> I'm trying to find this attorney, and I find this attorney to help me. And she looked over that thing and picked all kind of stuff out of it. It had like a non-compete in it that was for for a year. A year, oh my goodness. Anywhere in those markets that they had um that they had cut out anywhere within a 50-mile radius. Uh-huh. I couldn't work uh-huh. and I wasn't getting paid like that to be sitting out of work for a year. <laughs> like you were balling. <laughs> right. <laughs> you ain't off me enough money to be sitting on the sideline like that. Exactly. She told me, she said, you know, I mean, how far do you want to take this? She said, because you you do realize that this can go either way. They could say, well, never mind, and you can be out of the job. And I said, right. I said, well, just go ahead and push it then. And, you know, that that next day she said, um, she said, they called, they said, no deal. And I said, I mean, I ain't got no job. She was like, "Mm, well, yeah. I said, oh. And she called back again. She said, they called back. She said, they were just playing hardball. She said, I got you the money that you wanted. I was like, oh. Oh, wow. It's it's such a mental game. And, you know, I always tell people, if you don't know what you're doing, you know, just have somebody represent you. And and this attorney that I found, you know, when she went over her house, her house like a museum. I was like, whoa, look at this. And Denzel was calling her house and everything. I was like, whoa. I was almost wow. scared to sit down. The house was even okay. She looked at my uh, stuff. She's like, mm. She said, I don't even know how you're going to pay me. She was like, I like it. I don't have any pro bono work. But she was willing to help me. And, you know, she said uh-huh. she liked me as, as a person. And that's what I always admired about her. You know, it wasn't right. all about money with her, you know, but she, she right. attached herself to me as a person, and she helped me make the right decisions, you know, especially after I got married and stuff. She would she say, well, you know, I don't think this would be right for you and your family at this point. 
Right. You know, so it wasn't right, all right. about well, I need to make this money off of him, so so let's go ahead right. and do this. You didn't yeah, feel that she was trying to pimp you like something. No, not at all. What have you. She right, always right, looked right. out for me. Mm-hmm, I, really, mm-hmm. I admire her to this day for that. Well, we talked uh, last week, we had Michael Bayston on the show, and he talked about that importance of building a team and having your team in place. Uh, How has that helped you? I know you mentioned that earlier when um, I said the great, great came in Kelly. You said, you know, there's a lot of people that help make you great. So how important is a good team to you in um, success? It's very, very important, you know, because Mm – and I tell people all the time, you have to surround yourself with people mm-hmm. of, of, you know, that have like mind like you, you know, and they believe in the mm-hmm. same things and have the same values as you do. And you have to be cautious about who you surround yourself with. Do they tell you the truth? You know, just mm-hmm. about you right about to make that bad decision, does that person reel you in or they just go along for the ride? Because, you know, I mean, some people look at you as being great, and they won't tell you the truth about yourself. I don't want to be around mm-hmm. nobody like that. That's not, mm-hmm. you know, just yes, man. That's just yes, yes, we're going to mm-hmm. do that. Don't mm-hmm. do that to me. You know, and that's mm-hmm. what I was talking mm-hmm. about with this attorney that I had. Same thing with my manager. We think alike. We pray together. You know, mm-hmm. things of that nature. And, and, and my wife has been very supportive of me. You know, and, it, you know, it's very important in, in you choosing your spouse. You know, I pray for your relationship. You pray for a job. You know, you pray for a car. You, you know, but people don't pray for their relationships. Pray for your relationship. Yeah. My wife has that been very so supportive true. of me throughout the years, and I've been mm-hmm. supportive of her. You know, this thing mm-hmm. goes back and forth. It's a two-way thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I can remember um, when I, I had this job at, at BET, and it lasted for all of a year. And mind you, I had mm. cut everything off that I was doing to go here. So this mm. was like my bread and butter. They didn't want me to continue to do the things that I was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mm-hmm. had to put this addendum in this contract that I had. And I had to leave by a certain date. And this thing lasted for a year. I had just got married. I moved into a house that I watched me built from the ground up. And I spent the night in that house. And the next day I find out that this job is about to fold up. Wow. I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, and I I cried. I mean, I I admit it. It made me less of a man. We have an emotion that we have to express, and I cried. Exactly. Exactly. Every time I got alone, I just bawled. But the thing is, it forced me to unlock my true potential, you know, because a lot of times along the way we get comfortable. And we can't see anything else because we're so comfortable and it feels like that thing will never end. But sometimes it does. And it's not mm-hmm. an all bad thing, you know, when things do end in our lives. It's not bad because, you know, you start to get motivated. Like, i got to do something because I got this woman i got to take care of. i got to pay the bills around this house. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't realize at the time, but my voiceover career had been birthed from being at BET out of all the people that I met and they asked me to voice things for them. So I ended up becoming the voice of BET on the network, and I did all their wow. radio commercials. So I wow. paid my bills from the birth of my, my uh, voiceover career. Wow. And I'm sitting there wow. worried about how I'm going to take care of things, but, you know, there's always God has a ram in the bush. A ram in I'm that like, ticket. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And, you That's know, right. And then I took this part-time radio gig, and I was um, – 
you know, I made money in the club. They paid us in cash when we went to the club. And, mm-hmm. and this is money. I'm talking about this actually taught me a lesson of responsibility because we're talking about the same money, and I'm talking about they paid money in cash. I ain't talking about no few little dollars. They was no, paying you didn't get walk out with $100 for the night. No, it wasn't no $100. It was like $300 <laughs> per hour that you got paid to be in the club. And wow. Some of these gigs were like four hours. So, wow. You know, you do three of them in a week and you're good. And I'm talking about you're this good. is money from back in the day that I was mm. blowing. I spent every last dollar I made. Mm. So here's my wife that's frugal, and she, you know, like, and it really helped me to understand the value of money and being able to hold on to it and save for when things like this happen. And mm-hmm. I promised myself that I would never be in a situation like that ever again. But ever. you learned. I mean, you 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 had to learn. You had to live that lesson for yourself, you know. And uh, that's that's one of the things I realized a lot of times. Like you said, you know, you you won't ever you can share that now with others with conviction. Mm-hmm. To know that right. you know it's it, you gotta monitor, and because when you're in those those great times and those beautiful times in business, you always think, man, this is gonna be flowing. <laughs> this is a right. flowing. It's never gonna stop. And then when you realize, uh oh, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> right, exactly. This thing's slowing down a little bit. Wait what? a minute. We need to get these checks in the mail. Yeah, Ooh. what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I need to sell some stuff. Yes, yes, yes. But that's the nature of business, and and I think a lot of times we, like you said, you know, we we had just haven't been taught. We're not conditioned that way. We're conditioned to think that everything is just going to be smooth sailing, even though the reality of it is not. You know, it, it's just mm-hmm. not going to be that way, and. So I think if we knew that, we would be able to prepare better if somebody just yeah. told us, you know, just shared mm-hmm. it a real yeah, way. Absolutely. You know, with, yeah, with I think that's something that they should probably teach in school. You yes, know, people would absolutely. get the lesson. I mean, they would, they would really save a lot of people from heartache, you know, and how right. important it is for your credit to be A1. It's very important. Right. Very, very important. Very I mean, important. I only remember yeah. in school learning how to write checks, you know, and the, the check yeah, account. Exactly. They never tell you about that. bouncing <laughs> or right. NSF charges or what yeah, that exactly. means, you know. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yes. I, I told my yes. credit up in college. Somebody called me one day. I was taking a nap. They said they offered me a credit card. I said, okay. The credit card came, and I had money in my account, too, and I just felt grown using that credit card. Yes, yes. Yeah. It messed yeah. me up because I was so bad with paying bills. I mean, I had the money. I could write the check, but I ain't like going to the post office to get stamps. It's yeah. too out of the way. <laughs> oh, wow. And see, now, now today, I wonder what you've done, right? With Oh, I don't want to use my phone right now. i got to call somebody. I don't want to pay online. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So how, how was your transition? I mean, I know you've been around. You've been to BT. You have an outstanding voiceover career. How did the whole satellite radio come about for you? That came from my um, attorney, actually. Mm. I was driving one day, and, you know, I'd always been looking for, for other opportunities, and and these were some, some, some down points in my career where I was like, man, nobody really recognizes the talent that I have, you know. And, and But the thing is, I hadn't 
pushed to get out there anymore. So it's probably one of those things where nobody ever saw me. And mm-hmm. her and I were having a discussion, and she called me one day, and she said, I have an opportunity for you. And she said, um, she said they want to interview you. When can you go? And, you know, truthfully, Deborah, I was almost scared to be successful at, at some things because it was that comfort zone thing again. And uh-huh. I didn't want to get pushed outside of something that would make me uncomfortable. So I started right. making excuses. I said, I could probably go over there like next Thursday or something, you know, and it gives me time right. to prepare mentally. And she was like, all right, I'll tell them you'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> and I said, oh, because she could see right through me because, I mean, we talked like that. And right. I said, okay. You know, and I went over. It was the best interview I ever had, and, and the lady wow. loved me. And then I did a second interview with um, the general counsel there. And she said, when mm-hmm. you go in, just have a seat, you know, because he has a Napoleon complex. He's he's short and you're tall, so he'll be intimidated by you. So just go in and sit down. But he was nothing like that. You know, it seems like people um, tell you something about people. I end up being the best of friends with these people that they have a problem with. <laughs> right, Man, right, right. Cool, you know, and we, we just gravitated towards each other immediately. He said, let me show you around and blah, blah, blah. And then I did a phone interview. And then they offered me the position. So that's how I got into satellite radio. And um, this was actually a third-party channel that they were doing at BET at the time for XM because all of their, just about all of their urban channels were outsourced in different places. Radio 1 had about five of their channels, and BET had one. And then there was like two that was in-house at XM. It was the, the Groove and the Rhyme, which is an old-school hip-hop channel. And... Um, we ended up going to the uh, headquarters of XM most of the time because our equipment didn't work properly. So that's mm. how I met everybody that worked inside of XM. So once that mm. job folded up, you know, I took a part-time job, and I was working, and I was working on my voiceover career too. So you think about it, if I was working every day, I wouldn't have had time to concentrate on what my voiceover career has become. So I found somebody who actually was willing to help me, and, and I dedicated time to that. And that was another thing that I wanted to tell you as part of my story. Is my wife was in her residency. She's a physician. She was okay. in her residency at the time. So, you know, I was really taking care of everything around the household. And right. she is. And I told her she was very disciplined with her money. And she said, uh, did you sign up for your class yet? And this was a voiceover class. This guy was willing to blow out everybody from his class to work with me. Because he said, man, I believe in your potential. You have some great potential to be one of the best in the business. And I said, wow. So she asked me, she said, did you sign up for your class yet? And I said, no. I said, I haven't done it yet. I said, I'm going to get around to it. But, you know, like my focus now is taking care of everything around the house. I said, I don't want to spend anything extracurricular right now. I want to make sure everything Uh is taken care of. And Uh she said, you need to sign up for that class. I said, no, I can't do it right now. And she okay. said, I got to check upstairs. She said, I'm not doing anything with it. I'm going to give it to you. You go get your money order, whatever you need to do, and sign up for that class. I said, no, don't do that. And she brought that check downstairs and gave it to me, and she said, this is an investment for me yeah. and for you. Yes. Yeah. She said, I believe in you. And I was like, God, this woman loved me. Yeah, you know, so that's I awesome. I for that class, and, and that's what I did. And, and from then, you know, my voiceover career started to take off. Like all of the things that I started to do, 
outside of even having an agent. And then, you know, from, from there, and I know I'm way off course, but I just wanted to tell you this while I'm talking about it. Um, from from that point, when, when things started to slow down, I started looking for an agent again. And, and I picked uh-huh. up one because, you know, back in the day, everybody was still doing CDs. So I had put mm-hmm. my CD together. It took me a long time to finalize my demo because I was so critical of myself. Mm-hmm. When I finally got it done, I started sending it out sending it out, and then I started picking up work on my own. So I was doing real work. So by then, technology has advanced to the point where people was doing MP3s. I could I could sit yes. down and I could and edit in my real stuff and keep updating uh-huh. it and sending it out. So I started sending uh-huh. my stuff out, and I told them what I was doing. So, of course, you know, these agencies, they're like, huh, he's making money, and that's what they're in business uh-huh. to do. Uh-huh. If, they don't, uh-huh. if you don't make money, they don't make money. So they jumped on a moving train. Wow. You know, so now I got an agent, and they they bring in stuff for me, but I still don't slow down and wait for anybody to get anything for me. I go out and I still create those relationships, and I, I bring a lot of stuff through the door on my own. Right, because Not, you know, that's, like that's my own you. physically, but with the help of mm-hmm. God, because I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm working. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's that is incredible. That is incredible. You know, you you have talked a lot about the the work ethic and and obviously having a vision and and having your plan and 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 creating that whole um, support team. It's just you know it's just emp- empowering to see and just refreshing to see and to hear you every day. You know, being a family man, not ashamed to talk about that. What what do you have to suggest for those who are are wanting to enter into this this business of media today? Um, I, I would suggest that they get involved as soon as possible. And by mm-hmm. involvement, I mean if you hear anything about anybody, um, you know, like for instance, they did something at Howard University. I spoke on a panel. If you hear about anything of that nature happening, go to it. You know, because it's a way for you to meet people that's already in the business that can help you along the way because this is something that you can't do on your own. That's why I said it's important to connect with people, and your network is invaluable, the people that you meet. And, and, you know, the thing that I always tell people is that people don't stay in the same places for, for years and years. You know, so so people move on. You know, you got you got receptionists that become agents, you know, and then – um. You get people that get fired that look for the intern that they had or uh, uh, hire right. them back. So, I mean, it's, it's a recycling business. Right, You know, right. I, I, one of the gigs that I got, the first guy that ever got me to image his station was in New York. When he left New York, he went to Boston. He called me. You know, so, I mean, this thing is very, very small. And, mm-hmm. and there's, there's, there's definitely a fine line between being persistent and being a nuisance. But you've mm-hmm. got to bother people. Otherwise, mm-hmm. like I said before, early in our conversation, if you don't make yourself known, you don't exist. Right, you right, because people have known. so much going on. They're not just right. thinking about you. And we think it's thinking about us to not think about us. You know, our minds can play that trick with us. Oh, they're ignoring exactly. us. But no, they, they've exactly. got a life that they're living. They've got right. a life that they're living. And that's funny you brought that up because I told this story. And these people wanted to know what people look for in an intern. And it all comes back to the work ethic. I said, you know, when you come in, don't just come in and do what they ask you to do. 
look to uh-huh. do some more stuff because, you know, it shows that you have a work ethic and you're, that you're willing to go above and beyond. That speaks volumes about an individual. And right. I told them a story about this young lady who came in. She did an internship for a semester, and then she decided to do a second internship, which she was blessed to have. So while she was in, she came to my desk one day, and she said, she said, Harry, well, today is my last day. She said, I've decided to end my internship. And I said, okay, cool. I said, can you tell me why? Mm. She said, well, I'm really not learning anything, and nobody's really helping me. Mm. And I said, really? She mm. said, yeah. And, I mean, I talked to my mom. She said, my mom agrees with me. I said, okay. Mm. One thing for sure is that's your mom. Mm-hmm. I said, your mother is always going to have your best interests at heart. But your mm-hmm. mom hasn't been here with you, so she don't have any idea what it is that you do. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. She said, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that's true. And I said, and think about this. Did you learn how to use the systems that we use to broadcast from? She was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I said, that's a plus. That's something that you can add to your resume. That's something that you've learned. She said, yeah, but I want to do some interviews and stuff, and nobody lets me. And I said, mm. keep in mind that this is a functioning business. People <laughs> still have to do their jobs. They can't hold your hand. So if right. you see an opportunity, you know, like create an opportunity. Step into right. it. I said, you know, I've been one that uh, I've always worked off the philosophy that I'm going to try something. And if you right. don't tell me to stop, I'm going to keep doing it. Right. So, you know, come right. to me and tell me, I don't want you to do that. Then I stop. So do I it, ask for forgiveness you, later. <laughs> right, exactly. So I said, you know, you've got to create these opportunities. I said, most of the time when these artists walk through the door, you're the first point of contact because they ask you to go sign them in, don't they? She's mm-hmm. like, yeah. And I said, okay. I said, That's your point to network with these people. You're their first point. You're the first one to see them, the first one to speak to them. So I said, you've got to walk them to the studio. What's wrong with you pressing record, and then when they walk in, you say, can I ask you a few questions? Exactly. They're going to say, yeah. Oh, wow. Boom. I wow. said, you got your interview. Wow. Instead of asking for all, all the time, I said, nobody's going to trust you with their station, you know, because this is something that they live and breathe from, and they're scared you're right. going to mess it up. So, of course, they're very protective of it, but you've got to create your opportunities. Do it while you can. She told me, I'm going to give me a storefront and do interviews out of it. I said, who's going to come? If you haven't built your network, nobody's going to come. Yeah. You're yeah. here with a great opportunity. You're right here. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, yeah. okay, I ain't never look at it like that. I know you didn't. That's why you need people around you, somebody to reel you in and tell you the truth about things. Right, right, right. And, you know, I think you can – we have this conversation all the time. You know, people have that it factor, and sometimes – People have to be encouraged, but then sometimes, you know, certain jobs may not be for people because they don't have that actual, um, actual extra oomph that it takes or mindset. Like someone like yourself who came in, you know, the gentleman shared that with you, but you still had that. I'm going to do something extra, or I'm going to, you know, do do more work, or I'm always trying to do this because you were passionate about it. Yeah. And you know, the thing about me, I grew up shy. A lot of people that don't know me from when I was little, they never believe when I tell them. And I still have a certain amount of shyness, but I know how to get uh-huh. over it. I've right. overcome it. You know, it's something that I try to teach my kids. You know, when we go out, I make them ask for their own stuff. 
Right, you know, right, so you have right. to be independent. And if you don't open your mouth, people take advantage yes. of you. They do. They do. That is so you know, true. So, so that's something that I've learned over the years, and, and it's been hard for me. And, you know, and I'll tell you this because a lot of people don't know this about me either, is, you know, that like I work for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do um, Sirius XM, but I'm, I'm not an employee at Sirius XM anymore. And this mm-hmm. was something that I, I decided to do. Mm-hmm. For myself, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I had long conversations, and, and, and I didn't really agree with a lot of the politics and things that were um, that you know that that were transpiring, and, and, and it, it was killing my creativity. And you know, I wasn't really excited about doing what I did anymore. And then it was like mm-hmm. my voiceover career was far outweighing my radio career. You know, in terms of um, financials, I'm like, man, you know, it costs money to go to work every day with gas being $4 a gallon, and I'm driving my whole entire life felt like a rush, you know, because I would get my three kids ready every day and drop them off where they needed to be and didn't have to rush to the studio and then rush back to pick them up and have to do homework and dinner and and all that kind of stuff. And your quality of life is not what you anticipated to be because I was tired. Right. You know, so I made this decision to, to disconnect, but I felt bad about it because radio was something that really drove my spirit. I, I enjoyed it. But I said, man, right. why do I have to do all of this other stuff and deal with the nonsense just to do what I enjoy? Right. So I'm going to tell you this. It, I'm going to tell you this. When You know, a lot of times to grow, you know, because if you stagnate, you kill yourself if you stagnate yourself. That's so, right. you know, the more I prayed about it, I said, man, and I really had in my spirit that I'm like, man, if I could just do my show, that's all I want to do. Because I was programming, programming heart and soul. So I said, man, and it took me a long time, Deborah, to make this decision. I was scared, you know, but you I said, know what I don't they were do it. Say. Right. right, exactly. It was the fear of the great. unknown, but mm-hmm. fate would mm-hmm. have it. You know, like after much prayer and concentration and talking to my people that was around me, and, of course, some people never see it because we're programmed to be like, uh, you know, I mean, you need that guaranteed check. But when you mm-hmm. think about it, is it really guaranteed? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. You, at the end of the day, you're an at-will employee where they can cut you off at any time, and mm-hmm. you don't even know why they did it. Mm-hmm, 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 so, you know, like, who who really wants to live like that? There's no guarantee there either. So, right. so when I got up my nerve, I went in and told him that I was leaving. And here it is. You hear me? You still hear me on the air every day, don't you? Okay, because I was like, wait a minute. What? what? He's saying that. Okay. <laughs> is this being recorded? Wait a minute. No, no. So you were able to do just your show. You got I what you wanted. I was able to do just my show. I got exactly yeah. what I wanted. And I yes. still do my voiceover career, and I, you know, and yes. I broadcast most of the time from out of my house in my studio in my home. Yes, yes, that's awesome. That is you awesome. So, so sometimes you just awesome. got to take a chance. You just got to be willing to go to. in there and do it. You, you know, so to. so God is good. It's been a blessing, and I can concentrate. I'm I'm actually uh, developing um, a television show. And I, I right? shooting, oh. yeah, I just finished shooting a couple movies. I played a professor in one movie, and I played okay, a preacher in the Okay, I heard you mention movie. that about on radio, but you got a role oh, man, in the part. Man, okay. I've been really excited about my, my career, man. These things have been yeah. popping yeah. off, you know, and, and I started thinking, you know, and I, I talked to the youth at church Sunday, and I, I talked about blurred lines, and I was telling them the difference between the songs and, and, the, um, and the scriptures. 
I talked about right. Second Samuel's where King David was. He asked about Bathsheba. You know, he uh-huh. asked, and then he found out. But if he had stopped when he found out who she was, there wouldn't have been no more need for the chapter. Right. Think about it. Because he <laughs> already true. knew. He but already still bothered it. And, and this song doesn't tell you about the consequences that you have to be involved with. He got that woman pregnant, and then he got her husband killed because he couldn't cover his lies up. That's right. That's right. That's right. You know, so That's you right. got to be aware of all the consequences for the decisions that you make. Mm-hmm. Very important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very important. Extremely important, you know. Uh, wow. Wow. Well, if you just tuned in, you do recognize this voice. I know the voice of radio, Heart and Soul, Sirius XM, Mr. Kamen Kelly. And I tell you, we are so excited to have you on our show today. We thank you so much for joining us. Would you please let us know how we can actually stay in touch with you? Can we follow you on Facebook and Twitter? Are you on the social media platform at all? Yeah, I'm, I'm on social media. I'm still trying to catch up to the art of it all, but I'm doing a little better. <laughs> okay. I do okay. Facebook better than I do Twitter. Twitter moves too fast for me, but I am on there. <laughs> but my, okay. um, my Twitter handle is at Cayman Kelly Show, C-A-Y-M-A-N-K-E-L-L-Y Show. And then it's this um, Cayman Kelly on Facebook, C-A-Y-M-A-N-K-E-L-L-Y. And I do have a, a website as well. It's Cayman-Kelly.com, C-A-Y-M-A-N. Wow, wow. Well, I tell you, this time has gone by so fast. We have to invite you back. Would you come back and join us again on our show one time? Oh, absolutely. I got plenty to talk about, girl. I've been doing this for a long time. I got history. Yes, we didn't even get a chance to get into the interviews, your favorite interview. Like I said, I heard that uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire uh, interview you did. That was, I mean, that was awesome. I listened to it a couple of times uh, the oh, other cool. week there. So, yes, I bet you have so many stories that we'd love to learn more about that as well. But we want to wish you continued success uh, on your, your movie career, productions, and everything that you're doing, and blessings to you and your family as well. And we appreciate you so much for being that strong, solid example. And just keep doing what you're doing, brother. Oh, thank you very much. I'm very appreciative, and thanks for having me too. Yes, indeed. One moment. This has been another episode of Wealthy Sisters Radio. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned for another positively impacting show next week. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Wealthy Sisters and on the web at WealthySistersRadio.com. The opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our hosts, staff, or partners of our Wealthy Systems Radio.